Welcome to the Striving Together podcast, a podcast for the Imago Day Church family to help us follow Jesus together in the grace of His gospel. My name is Shane Shaddix. I have the privilege of serving as the discipleship pastor here at IDC, and I am joined today by Zach Lyons, who is our pastor for uh, missions and evangelism and church planting and outreach and all the things. So, Zach, <laughs> thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so our topic for today is uh, a little bit different and very contextualized in that we just want to talk about uh, the kind of the state of the gospel and gospel need here in our immediate vicinity. So uh, as many of you guys uh, know, RDU is a rapidly changing context. Uh, it is, if you've been in, in Raleigh for a long time, it can be fun to sit down and just listen to stories about how this place has transformed uh, in the last few decades. Uh, I've only been here a little over a decade, and it's already uh, look, looks radically different in certain parts. Uh, but uh, as the the overall environment changes, uh, so does the just the state of uh, gospel need. And so we just want to talk about that and keep that in front of us as a church of what is uh, the state of um, where where the gospel is thriving, uh, where there are urgent needs, that kind of thing. And so I uh, wanted to ask Zach to, to join us and just kind of help us understand our immediate context. So let me just um, maybe start with a, a little bit of a softball here, I guess, um, and, and asking uh, that we are we are a church in in uh, I guess technically in the South, although we're we're maybe right on the edge mm. of what would be considered kind of the true South. But we are a, a Southern city in in some respects, um, and so I think it would be fair that some people m- would assume or might assume that uh, RDU is a highly Christianized context. And so let me just ask a, a, a kind of a like I said, a softball is—is is that a fair assumption for our context, or would you would you correct it? Are you saying is Raleigh a Christian city? Is that what <laughs> <Yeah>. you're saying? <laughs> uh, is America a Christian nation? Is, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting question. I think um, there probably was a time uh, a long time ago that uh, that the vast majority of people in the city of Raleigh were Christian. Um, or at least would claim to be. Or at least would claim to be Christian and probably attended a church mm. on a pretty regular basis. Um, and, uh, you know, over time, uh, that percentage has gotten fewer and fewer and fewer. Um, and then if you look then at those that would not just claim Christianity, but that would claim like an evangelical Christianity, um, a, a Bible-believing Christianity, right. a, uh, a a Christianity that would that would claim the exclusivity of Christ and uh, you know um, salvation by Him alone. Yeah. I uh, I think that number probably even historically was lower. Sure. Um, uh, but certainly Raleigh at one point in time had a very Christian culture to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Mm. Um, uh, Raleigh has grown a ton and, uh, most of its growth has come from, uh, other parts of the world, from, uh, the Northeast, from the Rust Bucket in the Midwest, from, uh, from, from the West Coast, uh, and, uh, and then some from, from Florida and different other places, Texas, um, places, many, many of those that I just mentioned are, are not Christian populated areas yeah. uh, and don't so have that same background that we don't have that about. same background and so um, most of those folks that have been moving in here for the last several decades are are probably probably not Christian mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I think it's gotten less and less so um, and certainly the Christian influence in the city has gotten less and less mm-hmm. I would say as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good um, let's tease out a little bit more about just kind of how how the the city is changing population wise uh, why, why are people moving here why are they why are they coming here from all those places 
That's a hard question to answer. I think there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, uh, you know, I, I, there's there's some that uh, are probably true for a number of folks. Um, one one of them, I think, is just people have been talking about Raleigh as mm-hmm. a great place to live mm-hmm. for a long time. I was looking back, and there was uh, so um, there was an article that was written back in 2012 that had ranked Raleigh as a as number six in the cities of the nation for affordability, relatively low rent uh, and and daily expenses, yep. a great place to raise a family. And so people have been talking about it uh, at a national level for a while. And so I think it's sort of gotten a little bit of a reputation in other parts of the country um, where where folks can, can, you know, as they're thinking about, we want to move to a place yep. where we can actually raise a family and both of us don't have to be working or whatever it may be. I think people think about places like Raleigh uh, to be able to come and do something like that. I, that's actually, that's how Kilo and Nikki came down from Maryland. They yep. were living in the D.C. area and they were in the sort of D.C. rat race is what they called it. And they were like, we just want to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's how they ended up here. Yeah. When we first, I mean, uh, you and I, neither of us are, are from here. So, right. uh, you know, we're also uh, imports. Um, but when I first moved to, to Raleigh, I worked at uh, Lowe's Home Improvement. Uh-huh. And I it just seemed like every other person that I talked to was somebody that was coming down from the Northeast. And I would ask them why. And they said it was cheaper and it was slower, uh, but it wasn't as hot as Florida. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you get a handful of folks who are moving up from Florida. And you're like, why are you moving here? And they're like, well, it's it's not as hot as Florida, but we don't want to go too much farther because we don't want it to be as busy and as as yeah. uh, as expensive and that kind of thing. And so it seems to be for a lot of people. Obviously, there's people listening to this that are like, I wish it That's was. Not my story. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's still too cold or yeah. whatever. That's fine, yeah. and it is changing a lot. But at the same time, for a lot of people, this is somewhat of a refuge uh, mm-hmm. in in that sense. Uh, yeah. Other other reasons that you've kind of been able to discern people are, are coming to this area. Yeah, so I think people are talking about it. The affordability uh, element, I think, is is critical. Like just for numbers, like uh, so, it's two percent. Uh, Raleigh is two percent lower affordability wise, cost of living wise, than the rest of the state. Mm. And uh, on average, and then it's 6% lower than the national average. So it's legitimately cheaper to live here. It may not feel that way to us right now, especially those of us who have been here for the last 10, 12 years. Um, uh, But it is legitimately cheaper to live here. Uh, I think as well, like, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of draws uh, vocationally, educationally. Yeah. I mean, you're you're right here uh, in a context where there's these top tier research universities. Um, you know, you've got UNC, NC State, Duke, and then you've got a ton of other you know smaller or maybe yep. less notable uh, uh, universities that are in the area. So lots of talent uh, pool to for for companies to be able to pull from. Uh, I think the the top three graduate like nine thousand graduates per year, yep. and so that's just a ton of a ton of people that are coming into the workforce on a regular basis in this environment. And then you add to that, like the drop, the job growth in this area, especially from STEM, like science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, math in that world, you've got the research triangle just around the corner. Um, and, uh, you know, you've just got companies on companies yep. that are, that are launching and expanding in this area. Uh, just, uh, so I was looking at an article, uh, in preparation for this and, uh, between October 1 in 2020 and June 30th in 2021, there were 17 companies that moved to Wake County and 50 companies that expanded yeah. into Wake County, like creating over almost 9,000 jobs, $3.4 billion uh, into the local economy. And so 
I think there's just, there's job opportunity. There's yeah. opportunity to be able to make a better life here yeah. and have uh, a, li- a better life for your family, a better life for, uh, you know, cheaper, a cheaper life for your family. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, I mean, there's, there are some cool things here in Raleigh. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not too far from the mountains. Yep. You're not too far from the beach. Yep. Uh, you know, you can easily do a day trip or, you know, weekend trip and uh, it's not too challenging. Um, the food scene is getting to be a big deal mm-hmm. here in Raleigh and Durham. Um, uh, craft brewing, uh, you know, beer is, is a big thing here in Raleigh. Um, and so I think those kinds of things are attracting different people uh, who are interested in, yeah. in those those particular elements. I think too, I mean, we, we got sports teams. Yeah, uh, we're not lacking in that either. We got NHL, you know, Hurricanes. We got uh, multiple football, basketball teams, big basketball teams yeah. uh, at some of the some of the universities. Um, uh, you know, you've got a couple of baseball teams. That would be your forte, right. yeah, I yeah. suppose. Um, I'm wondering if you would ever get there if you it, just it, forgot it existed. Yeah, <laughs> baseball is not a real sport. <laughs> um, and you know, we actually have a you know we have a major league soccer team too. Um, you know, the Red Hawks. So uh, that that those those kinds of things draw people. Mm. I think. So. Yeah, that's good. So maybe connecting connecting dots, and you already uh, mentioned this a little bit, but just uh, well, actually, before I get there, um, let's talk about where the area is growing. So wh- where are the areas that right now? And I know a lot of our folks are probably aware of this. But let's just real quickly mention where are the places where population is just exploding, kind of in the RDU uh, area generally. It's almost. It's almost better to ask the question, where is it not (laughs) growing? Um, Because uh, I think one of the things that's unique about Raleigh and Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill, this region, is it's not like, say, New York, where you've got, or Boston or something like, where you've got water and you you can't grow in a certain direction. And so you have to go up or you have to go just further out in one or two directions. Raleigh has a has a couple of things that are are, are providing pinch points like some of the lakes yeah. like the falls lake in the north couple of couple of things like that but uh jordan lake in the west um but for the most part um raleigh's able to expand to the south yeah. able to expand to the east able to expand to the north northeast especially uh able to durham is expanding to the to the north and then towards raleigh as well um uh, you know things are expanding all around chapel hill out to Hillsboro, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, honestly, anywhere that is on the periphery of of Raleigh, any of these small towns from Nightdale, Windell, Zebulon, uh, Rollsville, Youngsville, Youngsville, Franklinton, um, uh, you look at between, again, between Raleigh and Durham, like that region between like 98 and 70, uh, that's, that's yeah. you know, they just... Chop down a whole bunch of. Alicia and I just drove through there yesterday or the day before, and it was yeah, like just development everywhere. Yep. Um, uh, and then if you look even to the south, so like outside yep. of Cary, down to Apex, uh, Fuquay, Verena, Holly Springs. Uh, Holly Springs, Garner, all of these Clayton, Clayton is exploding. Has mm-hmm. been Johnson County has been exploding yep. uh, for for a while, um, and so. Uh, it's just honestly anywhere where there is a land yep. uh, and it's just been it's blocks of wood or blocks of woods or it's, um, you know, farmland that's been bought up and they're just turning it into subdivision yep. after subdivision. Um, and so it's actually it's crazy. Like um, uh, I was trying to I'm trying to remember the the uh, the city actually was ranked uh, this. So this is uh, in 2019. In 2021, it was ranked number number three behind Nashville and Austin in terms of cities that are building the most homes. Yeah. And so it's just 
literally anywhere where yeah. there is land, they're building homes. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> you talked a little bit about where people are moving from, kind of in the states. Um, and I don't even we don't even know if we prepared for this, but I know you can pull this from your hip. But I just want to also mention the international component. Yeah, like. Uh, where are people coming from out from outside the United States? Uh, and I, this is one of those things where I'm sure most of our folks uh, that are, let's say they're they're fr- from somewhere in the United States uh, and they uh, maybe they've just been in Raleigh for a long time or, what, or whatever, but they kind of around have seen people that are or heard people talking that are clearly uh, speaking a different language or uh, have have a, 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 a some kind of culture uh, other than uh, something from from the United States. Um so we a- anecdotally know this, but can you just give a sense of like how many people from other countries are here? Yeah. So in Wake County alone, so this is just, just Wake County. Yeah. In Wake County alone, you're looking at uh, about 150,000 uh, foreign-born individuals wow. So that are coming from other countries outside of the U.S. Um, that were born in other countries. Yep. So that doesn't include their kids uh, that have been born since they've arrived um, or grandkids yep. that have been born since they arrived, you know. Um and so you're about about 150,000. So that's so the Raleigh metro area, which includes more than Wake County. Um, so I don't know what the number would be if you put all of the counties together that would include the Raleigh metro area. Um, that's that's uh, 1.5 million people. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's only I forget what it is in Wake County, but um, uh, I don't know somewhere around like. Um, 600,000 people wow. in Wake County or something like that. So you're, you're looking at a pretty large yep. percentage of people that were born in another country yep. here. And, uh, and where, give us a from? sense of where yeah. they're from. Yeah. We're, so, I mean, so it depends on where you are in Wake County as to where right. they're probably going to be from. Um, if you're down in the Southwest, uh, you're going to find a ton of Indian Asians, um, uh, from all over India, um, uh, from, from some of the parts that are more Christian and then a lot, right. of, a lot from some places like Gujarat, which is, has, you know, less than, I think 2% evangelical. Or the Muslim context, huh? Uh, and in some Muslim contexts, uh, there's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, in that same area, you would find a bunch of Chinese probably, uh, even over, uh, up, up in the Durham area, there's a ton of Chinese up in that area. Um, uh, there's, there's some, there's some from all over Central America and South America. Um, I think we have, we have a, a lot from, from Mexico, uh, a ton from, uh, different other places like Honduras and Guatemala, um, uh, uh, we we also uh, we also have a ton of Africans that mm-hmm. are in the city, um, both from North Africa, uh, so Algeria, uh, Morocco, Tunisia, places like that. You can go to you know halal grocery stores and and be speaking Darija, which is uh, you know an, uh, uh, a local North African dialect uh, language, a version of Arabic. I did not know that. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and but then you can also go to places. Uh, where there's tons of West Africans, West yep. African Muslims from Senegal, from the Gambia, yep. uh, from Nigeria, from Ivory Coast, from all over the place. So, um, honestly, I, I actually, I, I probably could have done this. I don't, uh, I, at one point in time, I knew how many different countries and how many different yeah, languages yeah. are in the Raleigh area. I don't know that off the top of my head anymore, but, um, uh, but it's, it's hundreds. Yeah. Uh, it's not dozens, it's hundreds. Yeah. So. 
No, that's good. I, I, and just gives us a sense of even as we as a church think about what it looks like to engage the nations and we want to be going and sending people, but to, to really get a, a sense of the scope of, of how much the nations are here and have yeah. come come here, the opportunity to uh, uh, share the gospel. And obviously some of those uh, folks that are coming from other countries are, are believers and we have opportunity to partner with brothers and sisters from around the world, yeah. but obviously many of them are not. Um, I was talking with Allison Cashman the other day about this, and uh, she made this statement. She said, one of the ways that I feel like I'm partnering with our missionaries is by serving Afghans and Iranians here in our city, uh, connected to refugee help partners and other other places. So, um, you know, she she was talking about uh, wanting to make sure that she attends the Iranian fellowship on a more regular basis so she can stay connected to uh, the work that's going on among Farsi speakers here in yeah, Raleigh, Durham. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah. And then you mentioned the college students, but we could kind of go a whole do a whole tangent. We don't necessarily need to do oh that gosh. right now. Just the number, sheer numbers of college students in this area that are many of them going to be here and stay, and then others are going to be here and then and then go. Do you uh, know how many total college students we have? Uh, it, it, the last Katie number I saw was like one hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Uh, that that's in like the, maybe the broader, uh, kind of, uh, area here. Um, so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of college students. Um, do, uh, w- when we think about the state of the church, though, let's pivot, pivot just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if I were just to ask you kind of like, what's the state of the church in RDU, uh, how would you just, uh, assess the health or the size of believers in this area and maybe relative to this, the size and the scope of the task. Uh, yeah. We obviously can't go church by church and, and there are, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and get out in front of this and just say, uh, there's, there are actually a good handful of really faithful, solid, mm-hmm. uh, like-minded gospel believing Bible preaching churches that are, that are doing this, you know, have the same desire that, that we've got. And so um, there's, there's a lot in, in many ways, more than other places that I've lived, <laughs> you yeah. know, have to have just a concentration of, of healthy churches at the same time, when you lay it up against the, the, the broader uh, picture, it doesn't, it, it it's not daunting. like, okay, the work is done or, or anything like yeah. that. So what would be just some of the things we could grab hold of just to have an understanding of the state of the church and the state of the need for us, as we think about gospel work here, how can we be a part of strengthening and, and being a part of, of uh, giving health to other churches and, and planting new churches? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's, um, I think you're exactly right, Shane. Um, Raleigh is blessed with a lot of really good, healthy mm-hmm churches that have leaders who are seeking to lead their people in, uh, in, you know, in faithfulness to the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Like it's, it, uh, Raleigh is, is in many ways unique in yeah. that sense. Um, and, um, I think, uh, Raleigh has, is home to, uh, the, the, the most sending churches within the Southern Baptist convention, yep. for example, um, uh, most of the churches that send the most missionaries are coming from, from here. this area. And so some of that's connection to Southeastern, you know, Southeastern's right at the corner in Wake Forest. And, um, uh, and so I think that plays a role into it. Um, I think there's, there's a couple of things uh, probably to keep in mind uh, as we try to just look at the state of the church. One is I don't know everything. Um, <laughs> I, so uh, even, even what I'm about to say has to be taken with a grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, I have had uh, a number of conversations with a number of people in this area from a variety of different churches. And so I, I do think that, that we've been able to get a little bit of a picture of sort of the state of things. Um, and, um, 
there's good news and there's bad news. Um, so I think the good news is the like evangelical Christians in Raleigh are actually growing. So they're good. Yep. like we are actually uh, we're not we're not shrinking in number. Yep. The number of evangelicals is increasing in our city, which means that means that Christian churches are like doing the work of yeah. evangelism and making disciples and gr- growing their churches and planting churches like they're doing this. Um, uh, the bad news is evangelical Christians are not increasing fast enough yeah. for the population growth. Right. Um, the percentage is shrinking. The percentage of evangelicals in the city is shrinking, mm. even though the number of evangelicals is actually growing. Um, and so I think I think that's really critical for us to understand. And then you add to that, there's another, another dynamic. Um, there are many churches across North Carolina and Raleigh-Durham is, is no exception to this rule uh, that are, are hurting. They're struggling. Yeah. Um, uh, that have been in in decline for you know ten or more years, um, and uh, many of them have gotten to the point where they don't have resources internally yeah. to be able to revitalize yeah. anymore. Um, uh, the uh, North Carolina Baptists did an assessment of I think twelve hundred churches in the state, and of those twelve hundred churches, about fifty one percent of them. Uh, n- no longer have the sufficient resources internally to revitalize themselves. Yep. They've dwindled so so far that they need outside help to be able to uh, to change the the course of the direction that they're going, which is towards death. Yeah. Um. And so that's a that's a lot of churches. Yep. That's six hundred churches across the state of North Carolina, and those are just the ones that they've assessed. Yep. Um. This is one of the reasons, too, that we ought not get complacent with. The, I mean, the reality is you drive around Raleigh and you can you can mm-hmm. see a church on, on every every street corner or whatnot. Just because of the church building compl- there. We, we ought not get complacent with that. Um, uh, just to assume, okay, you know, there's there's thriving gospel presence here. Uh, in, in just because there's a, a church building, uh, yeah. it, it may it may mean that, but it might also not, right. not mean that. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a really good point. Just because we see a church building there doesn't mm-hmm. mean that there is a good gospel presence yeah. going into that community surrounding yeah. it. Um, and uh, and I think there's work for us to do as Christians yeah. uh, to really uh, be out in these communities and engaging with folks um, who probably would never even consider opening, yeah. like going through the doorway of a Christian building, a yeah. church building. Um, uh, that we're going to actually have to go to them. That's good. So. That's good. Uh, even as we're saying that, it's. Uh, I'm also thinking it's a good word of caution for us too of the, this season. The Lord That's has right. been uh, very kind, and, and there's so many uh, external things you can look at and say that IDC is is has aspects of health and, and growth, and we praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. But we ought not get complacent there either. Of like, yeah. at one time, those churches also had you know th- that thriving life and everything. Right. And so we we need to uh, kind of always be vigilant and never, never get complacent, not get haughty, and assume we've got got this thing figured out to where everything like a, a level of diligence internally is also going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When we're just thinking about playing our part, uh, yeah. and you, you were giving a good word of caution even before we recorded, of we don't want to give the impression of uh, mm. a that we've got the answer, or b that we could do this on our own, or anything like that. Sure. Um, the, the better way of saying, let's look at the state of the gospel need here in RDU and just say, like, what what is our part here? And for even for somebody who's listening, uh, they can be thinking through what, what is their part? Um, what, what encouragements would you give those individuals listening, but also us as a church? Is these, how can we seek to be faithful in light of the gospel need in this area? How can we seek to be faithful and, and just be faithful witnesses and ambassadors in this context? 
Yeah, so I, I think if you if you just take a look at what's happening in Raleigh, and we don't know if the next 10 years are going to be the same as the last 10 years, but it doesn't seem like things are slowing sure. down. So, but if you look at, you know, you've got 28 to 30,000 people moving to Raleigh on a yearly basis. Let's say that revival just broke out in the life of Imago Day, and we started baptizing a thousand people every year. A year, yeah. Uh, which would be revival. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take like, it. like that would be incredible, yeah. unthinkable um, work of the Lord to yeah. do something like that. But let's just say that that were the case. We're still just barely. Like three and a half percent. Just barely scratching the surface. Yep, that's good. And that's. And that doesn't even really turn our attention to the people that are already here in Raleigh. That's just trying to keep up, like trying to keep up with yep. the growth that's coming in. Um, and you're talking about a thousand people baptizing in the life of the church. We haven't baptized a thousand people in eleven Total. years, yeah, yeah. and so um, I think that's that's really critical. For, I think for us to understand, like we we have a part to play in this, but we cannot imagine ourselves uh, to to be playing too much of a role in yep. that. Ultimately, I think the Lord, the Lord is going to have to do uh, a lot of work in a lot of people's hearts uh, to draw them to Himself. Uh, but there are some things that I think we should be doing. Uh, one, I think we need to be a people of prayer. Mm. We need to people be a people that are pleading with the Lord for the sake of our city, uh, for the sake of the people that are in our lives, uh, that that He would give us eyes to yeah. see the lostness around us. Because I think we drive past lostness day after day after day and don't even think about yeah. it. Uh, we drive past all of these subdivisions. We drive past all of these apartment complexes. Uh, we drive past all of these people and we're not thinking about their sort of eternal state. Yeah. Um, and so we need his His eyes, his compassion for our city. And so uh, being a people that's praying, I think is really critical. Uh, I think too, uh, we need to be more bold, more frequent, in our proclaiming of the gospel. Yep. We need to be in the lives of the lost people. We need to be finding any and every creative way we can find to be able to get into their lives, to love them, to care for them, uh, and to to minister the hope of the gospel, speak the gospel to them, uh, help them to, to hear it so that they might actually respond and believe. Yeah. Um, and we've got to recognize like, as we do that, we're going to be the aroma of Christ. Um, and there's going to be some yep. that are going to be, they're going to hear and they're not going to respond in faith. Uh, and they're going, they're going to go on to death. But there are going to be some that will respond and live um, uh, because the Holy Spirit, you know, quickens them and, um, and they're, they're granted faith and, and, and they become a brother or sister yep. in Christ. And they become a part of this local church or some other local church in the area. Um, I think we need to be about church planning. Um, yep. I, I honestly, I, I think collectively the churches in Raleigh, Durham probably need to be planting churches way more aggressively than mm. we are. Um, uh, we're, we need to play our part in that. Yep. We need to not go at a pace that we can't, we, you know, that, that we can't handle, but yep. we, we need to play our part in that. Um, we need to be deliberate and aggressive in the work of church planning in the, in the city. But I think too, I mean, there's a ton of churches that are struggling. They need yep. gospel renewal. We need to send out some of the pastors that we're training, uh, aspiring pastors that we're training. We need to send them out into some of those churches uh, to to come in, try to bring some gospel renewal, yeah. some missional focus again, yeah. uh, some evangelistic fervor, yeah. uh, some genuine communion with the Lord Jesus yeah. um, that experiencing his love can flow out into yeah. the city. 
Um, and so I think there's, there's need, uh, yeah. there's a, there's a ton of need for us to, to really, you know, be about those kinds of things. That's good. And I appreciate and, and those last two, you think about church planting and you think about, uh, being a part of, of gospel renewal in existing churches. Um, that is, it, <clears throat> it's easy to, for our minds to go straight to leadership and think about pastors yep. there. Um, but one of the things that I uh, hope we see in the coming years is as we is, is more and more of the members of IDC seeing leaving IDC being worth it, yep. you know, uh, because I know for a lot of folks, this is home and this is their sense of community and, and we praise the Lord for that, but recognizing there is opportunity to be a part of gospel communities, already existing gospel communities who just need, they, they, they need help. They need partnership. Mm-hmm. So this is not a situation where we're talking about going in and like fixing churches. This is be, being the, the body of Christ with brothers and sisters who are, who are laboring in hard context. And we could maybe by sending, yes, maybe by, by sending leadership, but also maybe by sending uh, people, you know, uh, families or uh, singles who are going to like get in and, and get into the life of these other churches and breathe new life in them. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, what is my part to play? You know, Zach's already mentioned prayer, sharing the gospel. Well, one of the things maybe to be just be having on your radar is uh, when, when there is opportunity to go be a part of gospel work elsewhere in this city, whether through church planting or through uh, 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 kind of revitalization, renewal efforts in other churches to really seriously consider whether or not leaving kind of the the comfort of this local church body to be a part of another local church body at great personal cost. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we recognize that would be a big sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, but also is going to be necessary for us to mm-hmm. kind of press into the the darkness and, and the lostness in this, this city. And so uh, just having that on people's radar of uh, it might not mean selling everything and moving to, uh, you know, Baltimore or Denver or DC, like some of our church plants have done, it might mean uh, just staying in your house, but <laughs> going to the church down the road uh, yeah. and being a part of gospel renewal and, and health there. Um, so, uh, which which in some ways is easier, yeah. and in other ways is can actually be, be a lot harder. So, yeah. uh, I'd love to love to see that happen many times. Yeah, I think I, we, we heard a, a sorry real quick. We heard the the statistics that there are upwards of. 40 Baptist churches in, it's just Baptist churches, right. Baptist churches in Raleigh uh, that don't have pastors right now. Um, and um, we're not the solution for that. Um, but it would be just awesome to be a part of, of mm-hmm. being able to, to, to continue the gospel work that has already happened in those churches and, and both in terms of leadership, but also uh, members of this church that can, that can help. So uh, think, it's just a, a thing we can be dreaming about. Yeah. I think that's so good, Shane. I, um, you know, I, one of the one of the things that I think we need to we need to keep in mind uh, as as members of this church as leaders of this church is like our focus has to be the multiplication of His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Both in terms of our personal evangelism, yeah. uh, but then also in terms of uh, gospel preaching yeah. churches. Um, and uh, and so we want to see we want to see more places, more neighborhoods, yeah. more homes, more churches across the landscape of Raleigh-Durham that are faithfully teaching the Bible and helping people to grow up in Christ and helping people to reproduce by making disciples. Um, uh, And so, you know, and to be fair, like that has been the thing that that Satan has been after Hmm. from the very beginning. That's good. You know, you go all the way back to, to Genesis three and um, uh, the thing that, the thing that Satan was asking was, can you really believe what God has said? 
Yeah. He's trying to bring into question God's word. And, um, and so I think it's critical. Like he's, he does not want the word of God. He does not want the gospel to be going out into the city. Yeah. Um, and so we got to recognize that as Christians, as members of this church to say, Satan doesn't want you sharing the gospel with your neighbor. Mm. And so, uh, part of our own, you know, uh, spiritual warfare that we're that we're engaging in is by speaking the gospel yep. to our neighbor when we know that God's enemy does not want that yep. to happen. Yeah, so that's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, appreciate you uh, bringing uh, kind of insight and research, uh, but also the exhortation for us to uh, just have the, the state of the gospel need in our immediate context in front of us, and um, we don't need to pit uh, kind of our energies. Over internationally or nationally, right. domestically against the needs here. We want to be thinking holistically about how can we be a part of, of spreading the gospel in our immediate circles, especially most aggressively here, because this is where we just live and, and do most of our work. And then also continue to pray and have our eyes uh, kind of on the horizon uh, and, and say, where, where else uh, in the States, where else internationally can we be a part of, of uh, gospel uh, work there? So uh, we want to keep all of it in front of us, uh, but often it can be easy just to overlook what's right, right immediately in front mm-hmm. of us. So Thanks for coming to, to share. Thanks, IDC family, for uh, listening. And we hope this has been helpful. Hope it has been challenging as well. And we will talk to you again next week.